Hello, and welcome to this Unpacked Short. I'm Charlie Pickles. Of course, I'm here with Peter Franklin. Hi, Charlie. Hello, Peter. Um, today, we're talking about one actually of the most popular unpacks you've ever written, Peter. Uh, and it's about Tolkien. Yes. Which clearly gets people's blood pressure up uh, looking at the stats and the social media that we uh, had around this piece. So the headline uh, of the Unpacked is Why Does the Left Hate Tolkien? So let's start there. Why does the left hate Tolkien? Well, to be fair, it's some of the left. Um, But when Tolkien gets criticised, it tends to be from the left. Um, Feminists, for instance, sort of accuse him of not having any good female characters in in, in his books. That's not really fair. Yes, there is a kind of, you know, it it is of its time. There is a sort of somewhat boy's own quality to the adventure. What does Um, that mean, a boy's own quality? (laughs) (laughs) It means that most of the, well, the, the, the kind of party of heroes that we focus on is, I think, exclusively male. Um, the Fellowship of the Ring. Loving the sort of semi-popular uh, <laughs> culture references here. They are multi-ethnic in that some of them are elves and some of them are dwarves. And so, you know, there's sort that. Sort of a bit of diversity. There's a bit of diversity, certainly. Um, uh, but there are, to be fair, some pretty strong, indeed supernaturally strong female characters in the books. Um, and I don't think um, I don't think it can be said to be sexist, um, but of course there's whole university departments uh, devoted to finding um, political incorrectness in the works of, of um, uh, authors um, of, of previous ages, and this is no exception. And the piece you're unpacking is by Rowan uh, Williams, the former Archbishop of. Canterbury, Indeed, um, yes. writing for the New Statesman, and and he is sort of you know reclaiming Tolkien or kind of rediscovering Tolkien. Maybe that's the better way of putting it. And so um, he is saying actually we shouldn't see Tolkien as reactionary. That's right. And and the the I guess the more once you get away from all the sort of nonsensical social justice warrior type stuff what you can lay at Tolkien's door, potentially, is that he's harking back to an age of aristocratic supremacy. Um, And, um, you know, uh, so are you saying that, you know, know, he seems to be very medieval, almost dark ages in his sort of aesthetic preferences? And people, some people say, oh, well, this is reactionary. Uh, Rowan Williams says, no, absolutely not. If you actually read the books, they're about recognising that an old age is passing away and there's nothing to be done about that apart from bidding it a fond farewell and recognising that a new age is upon us and but trying to bequeath something which is better rather than worse, or at least not disastrous. And you can see that rooted in his experience of, I guess, the early 20th century, where clearly, you know, the pre-modern age was slipping away into history. But there was a battle as to what the new age would be. Would it be a totalitarian one or a democratic one? But there was no, you know, there's nothing to suggest that he thought that you know, the aristocratic 
past, could the chivalrous past, could ever be resurrected? No, he recognised it was drifting off, going off into the West. Um, and But there was still a battle for the future to be won. And you, therefore, suggest that it's a conservative rather than a reactionary sentiment. Yes. Explain that a little bit more. Well, I think it's, if it was purely reactionary, then, you know, he'd just be hating the fact that change was happening. Conservatism, I think, is more, you know, small c conservatism, um, is more about taking the best from the past and hoping that it survives and um, into the future and provides something for the new things to build upon and to be informed and inspired by. And that's very different from just seeing everything new as bad and everything old as good. And Rowan Williams um, dwells on the idea of kind of desire for power. So, you know, thinking about the ring here. and the kind of the, the promise of absolute power that the, the, the ring provides. And um, explain why, Peter, uh, you think that actually this is where we sort of see a contradiction on the left. Well, indeed. Um, Tolkien's earliest fans, or, you know, beyond his immediate circle, much to his surprise, were the kind of hippie movement. And they really loved The Hobbit and they really loved The Lord of the Rings. And he had a lot of fans who he really didn't know how to relate to at all. Um, but I think there is there is a strange borderland between the sort of anarchical left and the sort of crusty traditional rights. And that is a kind of distrust of absolute power, um, a love of the local, a love of nature. Um, all of these things are very strongly present in Tolkien's work. And... I'm not surprised that there were those on the sort of more hippie-ish um, left, localist left, that, that found a lot um, that they enjoyed in that too. And you have a great, um, fantastic concluding uh, line where you say, the left in power has always taken up the ring and tried it on for size. Explain what you mean by that. Yes, well, a key theme of the the books as the Lord of the Rings is that at various points you you have some of the characters who have the opportunity or the desire to take the ring, the ring of power, and use it for what they see as good. You know, we could defeat all these horrible orcs and the forces of darkness if only we used its weapon against it. It's a sort of benevolent dictator almost idea. Indeed, yeah. And at several points you have these these moral struggles. Um, and what especially um, interesting is um, that of Gandalf, the wizard, but also Galadriel, the elf queen, in which, um, you know, one of these supposedly non-existent strong female characters, but she was there and um, uh, she was indeed offered the ring, but refused to take it. And she thought that if she did, despite her evident goodness, she'd turn into something monstrous. And she she delivers this wonderful line, which is, um, all shall love me and despair, which is, I think it's just an absolutely chilling, <laughs> chilling line. Although I've had a few bosses like that, but... <laughs> uh, can I hasten to add, not currently. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, absolutely. Um, but um, the left, though, 
And this is where I think they find something about Tolkien they don't like. The left has a rather strange um, relationship with power. When they've been able to unseat the sort of conservative reactionary types, they've had a decision. Do we use our position in government to decentralise power? to, for instance, give it to cooperatives or local governments? Or do we hoard it for ourselves? And we'll use it for good, of course. And they've always made the choice, whether it's communists, whether it's social democrats, whether it's you know Blairites and the use of war to spread democracy around the world, they've all always used power to, they've always took, taken it to themselves, believing they could do good with it, but often finding that actually it got the better of them and, you know, they made things worse, not better. Well, there we go, reclaiming Tolkien uh, and actually identifying a few little hypocrisies perhaps on the left along the way. Uh, thank you very much, Peter. I really do recommend, if you haven't yet uh, read it, to do so. You can find it on unheard.com. Why does the left hate Tolkien? Thank you also for listening. Um, if you have enjoyed uh, the Unpacked Short, please do rate us. And of course, if you haven't subscribed yet, why ever not, please do so on whatever the platform is that you get your podcasts. Thank you.